thanks very much indeed for showing up for this episode 18 of the What's Racing About podcast, The Wrap, the podcast that ensures that you get the most out of UK and Irish horse racing. My name's Peter Bell, and in this episode, come with me on a little walk around the Lambourne Open Day, which took place on Good Friday, April 2022. We checked out a couple of stables down in the Lambourne Valley. This is what I saw. It's an absolutely cracking morning here at uh, Lambourne for the Open Day. I'm at Nicky Henderson's. I've just parked up in the car park. Well, the Open Day is supporting the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Charitable Trust, the Trust has basically distributed over five million between various sub-charities, the Blue Cross, Brook, the British Thoroughbred Retraining Centre, Compassion in World Farming, Racing Welfare and World Horse Welfare. So that's what the day is raising money for. It was 15 quid to get in and five quid for a brochure, which is value in anybody's money, uh, especially on a day like this. It's absolutely beautiful. We'll have to go and see some of the, probably one of the best thoroughbreds in the country, uh, certainly at Nicky Henderson's yard. It's 8.30 and the car park has got upwards of about 500 cars, I would say, already in it. It's going to be a long and a very busy day and hopefully it's going to raise, shed loads of money for the uh, Sir Peter O'Sullivan Charitable Trust. Fair to say that Nicky Henderson's is the most popular yard in Lambourne. I'd say it's just turned 8.30 here and I'm looking out into the main drag at uh, Nicky's Seven Barrows base. And there's got to be upwards of about 400 people just milling around in the main area here. I'm literally parked up as I speak between the boxes of Shishkin and Altior with Balkyo separating the two of them. It probably feels a little bit hard done by being stuck between two superstars like Shishkin and Altior, two legends like Shishkin and Altior. <laughs> Poor old Balkyo is the meat in a legend sandwich. But um, it's absolutely superb day. Let's go and have a little look around and see what else Seven Barrows has got to show us. For the racing fan, it really does not get any better than this. I'm standing in the corner of the Seven Barrows Yard, and right opposite me is the stable of Pentland Hills, the uh, Triumph Hurdle winner, stationed right next door to Epitante, the Champion Hurdle winner, stationed right next door to Fusil Raffles, who is a really sort of decent uh, two-and-a-half-mile handicap chaser. Probably should have won more more races than he has done. Certainly wish he'd he won the Paddy Power last year for us. I was on him at big odds for that one. But it really does not get any better than this. If you look round now, uh, I can see Mr. Fisher's stables. Obviously, Altior and Shishkin are pulling the crowds over in the, in the one corner. There's a massive turnout here already, which is great to see. We're raising money for a good cause, but just getting close to these horses, just seeing how, how big they are and how imposing and how much love and attention is vested in them by their grooms and the yard staff here, it's pretty sort of awe-inspiring. And for me, it's certainly something which I will always remember when social media warriors start commenting on how cruel racing is and how we love to kill horses and horse racing is all about death and destruction. No, it isn't. Get yourself down to... Well, certainly to this sort of... This open day on Good Friday, but the events that running National Racehorse Week, just come and see for yourself the care and the attention and 
the way that these horses are treated away from the race course yes they take a risk when they set foot on a on a race course for our entertainment but life is all about risk and reward for me and it's all about trade-offs and for the small risk that they do take when they race set against the way that they're treated at home for me that is a risk that i'm willing to put my money behind an industry that i'm willing to support with my money when every time i go racing and it's something that i feel really proud to be part of just get to see brilliant racehorse after brilliant racehorse. I've just moved down a couple of stables to the stable of Constitution Hill. He's doing his superstar, I do not want to be disturbed gig at the moment. He's turned his back on the crowd, disappeared back into his box. He's allowed to do that. He's a superstar. He can pull stunts like that, so we don't have a problem with that. I think the assembled population that's here at the moment is a bit cheesed off with him. They want to see the champ, and he's not playing. Here he comes. That was Constitution Hill putting in an appearance. He's turned up for his adoring public and they're taking their photos. He's definitely got a way about him. He's, uh, I think he knows he's the superstar of uh, Seven Barrows and he's playing up to the crowd of treat. Now he's going to go off and disappear off again for a couple of minutes. I do not want to be disturbed. Oh, he's posing away like a, a superstar that he is. Move on. Let's see what else we've got to see. Full of view now that most, oh, lots of jockeys have seen in their life. It's basically the backside of Sprinter Sacra. He's retired now, but he was probably one of the best two-mile chases that there's ever been. Certainly one of the best two-mile chases that I've ever seen. Oh, he's just turned around. He's uh, he's going to play ball. Hopefully going to stick his head over his stable wall and uh, let us have a look at him. I'll never have a look at his face anyway. He's got a nice big ass, but all things told, I'd rather not, I'll be looking at his face rather than his backside. But yeah, Sprinter Sacra. I just cannot get over within a 20 metre walk. There's Epitant, there's Constitution Hill, there's Shishkin, Sprinter Sacra, Bouvardere, Epitant, all of these superstar horses. I say, if you're a racing fan, days don't get any better than this. <laughs> Sprinter Sacra is still turned around, he's still shown as his backside. Um, pleasant though that is, I think we might. <laughs> I don't think he's going to turn around. He's another superstar that knows it, and he's pulling a superstar stunt. He's allowed to do that. He's earned, uh, he's earned the right to, to do that to us. What a horse he was. Another weighty thought to trip on. Racing's often on the back foot in terms of how it's perceived in the eyes of the general public. It's not really given that much credence. Certainly not a lot less coverage nowadays than it was in the past and then certainly in the national press little bits and pieces and certainly ITV can hold their head up high in terms of the coverage that it gives to racing it's got dedicated racing channels as well but by and large that's for the pure sort of racing fan it doesn't really ever hit the news primetime news maybe the Grand National winner might get a couple of minutes at the end of the sports bulletin maybe the Derby winner but that's about it the point I'm making is that if you come down to Certainly seven barrows now. It's 8.45 in the morning. All right, it's a beautiful day. But if you come down to uh, Nicky Henderson's yard now and just see the amount of people that are here that have turned out that want to see these horses up close and personal and get all but hands-on with them and kind of make an emotional attack. I mean, I don't want to over-egg it and get soppy on you all, but make a almost sort of emotional attachment to the horse they see 
out on a race course racing just this opportunity to be able to, to, to see them the point I'm trying vaguely to make here is that there's a real groundswell of love and affection for the racehorse and that then transposes through to horse racing as a, as a sport I, I firmly believe that anyway and it's days like this that I don't know it makes you feel proud about about racing it makes you feel that it is an important part of the sporting firm and it's an important part of the British way of life to get really sort of highfalutin about it people like racing I guess it is the takeaway that I'm vainly groping for here anyway enough let's go and have a look at champ okay this is a sound only medium and therefore not the greatest but standing outside the box of champ certainly provided one of the great memories of recent times at Cheltenham when he came from uh, somewhere in the middle of Gloucestershire to win the what was the RSA I think it probably was the RSA chase a few years back he was third and going nowhere over the last fence tore up the hill and had a couple of really decent horses in behind him that day um, that was his probably his crowning glory he's won um, he won some big hurdle races since performed with credit in the in the stairs hurdle this year probably again his best days are behind him now but uh, he's 10 years old he's going to be in the veteran stage certainly next season if he's kept in training but he's provided us with some great memories uh, thanks champ so we say goodbye to a former champ, move round to the next block and with eyes very much on the future. And here comes John Bond. Second in this year's uh, triumph, third will be on his stable mate over the way, Constitution Hill. Probably going to be going over fences next year and at this stage a really nice early poke for the Arkle Chase on the opening day of the Cheltenham Festival 2023. But he's definitely one for the future. So uh, it's quite nice in the sort of counterpoint between the old hero champ and hopefully the new hero, or going to be hero, John Bond. Let's have a look at what John Bond looks like. Whoa, he is a big and imposing animal. What a looker he is. Don't know if he's going to be racing again this season. I suspect he probably might have one more hurrah at Punchestown. So he's still looking in the peak of health, perfect condition. He's another one who's backside I'm staring at. Come on, turn around, baby. He's saying, saying hello to us. But his coat is gleaming and he is looking in the peak of condition. Nicky Anderson knows more about training horses than I ever will. But if he's not sent over fences next season, then that'll be a real shame because he looks every inch a future two-mile chaser champion. He is absolutely stunning. Literally, I'm about two metres away from him, and he is just the most impressive physical specimen you will ever see. And he's got an attitude as well, which is great. That's what you want to see in a horse. He knows he's a superstar. This is probably going to sound really lame, but I'm getting really emotional being this close to these superb animals. There's notices around the yard saying, don't touch or feed the horse, and that's perfectly understandable. I mean, looking at things cynically... All it takes is somebody to come in here with some, some drugs, stick a needle into a horse. That's that horse disqualified for racing for who knows. And Nicky Henderson basically disqualified for racing for who knows. But people are patting the horses. People are getting up close to them. People are stroking them. It's a kind of natural reaction, really, when you're confronted with a beautiful creature just popping his head or her head over the railings of their stables. It's curiously 
peaceful. I think there's a lot of people getting a lot of level vibes out of it. There's little kids that are mobbing about the place, but they're confronted with a huge racehorse that just wants to be patted and groomed and stroked. They quieten down and chill out a treat. Equine Mogadon for, uh, for kids with uh, attention deficit disorder. Well, there's a thought. Take some racehorses into the schools of Great Britain where the little kids are bouncing off the walls. And there you go. Rittling for kids in the shape of a racehorse. Calms them down, calls them out. I was looking at uh, horse Rudy Caprice now, which is a great big imposing grey, folded in 2017. But another huge imposing animal. It's only a five-year-old. And there's a little kid, a little boy, just patting it. For a five-year-old, this horse is seems really peaceful and quiet and at home amongst the crowds that you've seen here. I say there's... Um, all humanity is here, and there's uh, loud people, there's people with dogs, and Rudy Caprice is taking it all in his stride, posing for the cameras, taking any amount of petting. Like I say, it's very easy to get all anthropomorphic and go how wonderful it all is, but it is, it is wonderful. <laughs> Hiya. Hello. You're beautiful, aren't you? Uh, you see these horses on the TV or even at the race course, and... Yes, their performances are awe-inspiring, and yes, you always want them to come back safely, but you never really sort of appreciate how big and how powerful and just how magnificent they are as physical specimens until you do go into a stable, and particularly a stable like Henderson's, where I shouldn't think how much the, the thoroughbreds in here costs in total, until you get to see millions of pounds worth of thoroughbred right up close and personal, until you actually get to pat them, until you actually get to get virtually sort of hands-on with them. You never appreciate just how perfect they are and how trusting, and you just get the impression they've run through brick walls for you. Not for me, <laughs> but for, for their jockeys, for their connections. Yeah, they really are something else. And today, if anything, is a day that's all about them. Oh, I'm nearly tearing up here. Got to go. Now, for sure, today is all about getting hands-on with the horses, and plenty of people here are doing that. And uh, that's what it's all about. I've taken the opportunity to have a little tour around some of the uh, highways and byways, certainly of Nicky Henderson's yard, for no other reason than to just see what a what, what a what a vast business this really is tell you know what i'm talking about here is there's there's a massive pile of sacks containing um shavings and um, behind that in another barn just turn around and have a look at it there's a huge pile of hay bales and it just makes you realize what a massive investment there is by trainers and therefore also their owners in ensuring that these horses are kept in tip-top condition and it's only when you're actually sort of confronted and you, you take the opportunity to, to, to look around, you realise that, yes, the horses are beautiful and, and, yes, that's ultimately what it's all about. And yeah, I guess ultimately what it's all about is, is the winning. The, the horse is front and centre of everything that we do in racing. But behind that is a huge business. You know, I'm just looking out mobile horse boxes to take these horses to the to the um, to the races and just transport them around the country you know the diesel that goes into those uh, horse boxes you know take away horse racing just just kill it off like so many of the antis want to do you know you're taking away a, a massive sort of infrastructure that goes to support horse racing and it's only when you like i say when, when you actually sort of see and are allowed to come and see staples like seven barrows and yes this is one of the the the, the biggest stables 
flat or jumps in the country. But it's only when you can come and take a look around these these places that you realise the livelihoods that racing supports, the care and the attention and the money that is spent on ensuring these horses are kept in pristine condition, are transported around in ultimate safety and comfort. It's a theme that I, I know I keep sort of coming back to in this podcast, but it's one that bears um, bears repeating. You know the care and love and attention that is given to racehorses in return for yes, the slight risk that they have every time they set foot on a racecourse. Personally, for me, that's a trade-off that I'm happy to live with as a race goer and somebody that supports racing and whose money when I go racing and when I do place a bet goes into, in some small way, buying the feed, buying the hay, buying the wood shavings, putting the diesel into the engines of the lorry that transport these horses around, and I wouldn't have that any other way. Is it possible to develop a horse crush? I think I've probably got one. This is back with John Bon again. He's whipping around a little bit. He's getting a little bit overexcited. Uh, it's hardly surprising. Probably not used to seeing so many people turn up and uh, want to have a look at him. But he is an absolute superstar. If he's not going to be a future two-mile chaser of some repute, then uh, my standing in the racehorse world, which is already lower than a snake's hips, he's going to disappear entirely. Yeah, I've got a horse crush on him. I know he came second in the um, Supreme Novices. That's surely just got to be a bit of an hors d'oeuvre to his main job in life, which is going to be over steeplechase fences, hopefully next year. That's very much down to the boss, Mr. Henderson. Taking it down a click or two now, we've um, just moved down the valley uh, a couple of miles to the stables of Clive Cox, who's predominantly a flat trim. He's a trainer I sort of follow um, for punting purposes, based on a few winners in the past, but he's somebody that uh, I quite admire in uh, uh, the way he trains his horses. Just having a close-up and personal moment with the sprinter Harry Three, who's won a couple of races on the all-weather. He lost... Uh, race back in January <laughs> he got boxed in in a five on the race so how the hell does that happen I don't know but I'm um, looking forward to him making his debut on turf later on this year and probably going to go well at six seven furlongs, maybe up to a mile he's a horse that um, will be carrying my punting pound at some point in the future one of the things that I'm really struck about here obviously it's a lot less busy than uh, Nicky Henderson's gaff which is sort of understandable everyone wants to go and see the superstars of the jump scene down at Henderson's. This is a lot more quiet the horses because they're predominantly racing on the flat. Uh, they're much smaller, basically. I don't know anything about hands in terms of the, the measurement of the height of a horse, but I know jumps race horses are a couple of hands generally bigger than uh, flat horses, and it shows, which is why the flat jockeys carry, carry less weight. Let's have a look and see what the rest of Clive Cox's stable has to offer us. I think the one thing you have to remember is that it's very easy to get seduced into how wonderful the horses are and how loving and trusting they are. And by and large, they are. You know, that's the, the, the nature of the way that they're brought up, um, being around humans as much as they are. However, there are uh, signs around certain of the horses' stables saying, uh, danger, this horse may bite. And some of them do. Breeding has bred the total wildness out of them, but not exclusively. They're animals, they are unpredictable. I often said, you know, there's half a ton of racehorse uh, controlled by a brain the size of a fist. And sometimes that brain 
reverts back to the old flight or fight syndrome and sometimes some of them do bite unfortunately sometimes that's to uh, that's on little children that can't read the please don't pat this racehorse signs put their hands up near the horse's mouth and you know, get a nip on the fingers which is nobody's idea of fun but these are racehorses for you never go sort of taking their quietness for granted Again, just reiterating a point that I made earlier, the, the, the size of the facilities here and the space that the horse have got. I'm just looking into Clive Cox's indoor barn. There's a, um, a setup of some starting stalls in the middle, obviously to train young two yards in particular to get used to them going into, into the starting stalls prior to them being faced with starting stalls on a race course. This barn has got to be 75, 80 metres long, 30, 40 metres wide. Just a beautiful place to warm a horse up in the morning prior to it going out and doing its exercise on the gallops. And and that just serves to underline the investment in the facilities. And it's a theme I've now kept on coming back to during this podcast. But it's, it is it is definitely worth reiterating. You know, the racehorse as uh, the thoroughbred as a breed is incredibly well looked after. And if it's not, then uh, anyone who's abusing a horse should be tossed out of racing. The racing's got a very good record in in that respect, in uh, dealing with uh, people that don't look after their horses properly. But by and large, 99.99% of trainers and owners uh, treat their horses like absolute kings and queens. And, and it's just when you actually get to look around at a facility like this, yeah, it's a beautiful day and it's easy to be seduced by that. But you... You know, the space that the horses have got, the preparation of the of the gallops, the love and attention that is given by the grooms that are sort of wandering around and patting them and giving them a, a carrot. Um, the way they actually sort of turn out, the, 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 the coats are by and large gleaming. These are flat race horses, so their season is just about to get underway and, and, and kick in with a vengeance. So you'd expect them to start to look, look beautiful and ready for action, and, and they do. And again, you know, there's a massive stable here full of bedding and hay, food, which makes sense, you know, if a horse is going to give up its best on a race course, it's got to be well looked after at home. You wouldn't train an Olympic athlete by uh, just going down and getting to do a few setups in a pokey gym somewhere. If you want to be the best, you want to train the best. And some of the facilities that I've seen today are just all inspiring. Anyway, that's enough of me uh, eulogising about the uh, facilities here. But uh, get yourself down and have a look and uh, see things like this for yourself the next uh, open day close to you what a cracking day that was then at Lambourne honest to god get yourself down there next year if you have any soul for horse racing it really is a superb day out and you're raising money for a fantastic cause that's pretty much it then for this episode next episode is probably going to be a look back at the jump season 2021 to 2022 and I look forward to the forthcoming flat season with a look at the guineas at Newmarket in early May. Till then though, thanks very much indeed, as always, for showing up, paying interest in the rap. It really does mean a lot to know that you're out there listening to what I've got to say. But till next time, for now, this is a wrap. <laughs>